0: Every manufacturer I talk to wants to charge more for their products, but this requires transitioning from just being a commodity product to being a sought-after brand, where the product is more than just features and benefits, but it becomes an idea that resonates with your audience. Making this shift isn't easy, but it will increase demand and margin at the same time. On today's episode, we bring on a manufacturer who's made this jump from once being a commodity to becoming an established brand. The insights they bring are gonna apply to any manufacturer listening, and we're excited to bring them on the show and share their story. So let's get into the podcast.
1: Welcome to the Smarter Building Materials Marketing Podcast, helping you find better ways to grow leads, sales, and outperform your competition. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Williams and Beth Popnikoloff.
0: All right, welcome to Smarter Building Materials Marketing, where we believe your online presence should be your best salesperson. I am Zach Williams, alongside my co-host, Beth Popnikolov. Today, we're going to be talking about how to move your company from a commodity to a desired brand. How do you create a company that people are willing to pay more for, they're willing to wait for, and it's desirable regardless of where you are in the channel?
1: We have a guest on our show today who is set up really well to be an expert to talk to this exact topic His name is Avi Abel. He is the president of Watermark Faucets. They're based in Brooklyn. They're immediately cooler than anybody you've ever met, but they've done a really incredible job of positioning themselves out of the commoditized faucet industry and into a luxury sought-after brand that is touted amongst interior designers and even celebrities, which we'll talk a little bit about. So Avi, welcome to our show.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: So, Avi, for our listeners, just give us a little bit of background on Watermark Faucets. Or do you say Watermark Faucet or do you say Watermark Design?
2: Technically, the company name is Watermark Designs, but we are known for our faucets, uh, as well as many other products that we make for the kitchen and bath space.
0: That's awesome.
1: Because you guys also make really gorgeous mirrors.
0: We do.
2: We make mirrors. We make grab bars, shower systems, bathroom accessories, console legs. Shower door pulls is something new. Heated towel bars is something we're introducing this year, which all goes into building a luxury brand. So for us, when we say luxury, or to me, it's really about the details. And I think that's one of the ways that we've been able to differentiate ourselves from our competition. In that if a designer or an architect is designing a space and they love, let's say, one of our faucets they love one of our finishes but how do you complete the entire space how do you make sure that everything can match especially if you're going into an exotic finish so that's been a big part of our strategy not just to gain on more sales but also to provide that level of service for our customer where we make it easy for them to find all those little details all those missing pieces and they become a really significant part of our business I always talk about trip levers for toilets. Every single bathroom has a faucet. Every single bathroom has a toilet. They may not have a shower, may not have a bath, but there will definitely be a toilet in there. So what we've done is coordinated the trip levers for the toilets or even actuator plates for wall-mounted toilets where you could get it in matching designs, matching finishes. And it to me, that's the easiest upgrade sale there is. It's all about the details and we try to make it easy for our customers to be able to accomplish that.
0: You know, what I think is interesting about your story, Avi, is that if I'm a listener, I'm saying, okay, of course you have a luxury brand. You have a sought after brand. You sell faucets and they're gorgeous. If you haven't checked them out, you should, but that hasn't always been the case. Your company for a long time, you weren't always watermark. You rebranded years ago, but can you give us just a little bit of history of how you went from? a commodity type of product to where you are today? Can you just, in like, let's say 60 seconds, walk us through that history?
2: 60 seconds is a tall order, but I'll, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> so Watermark's a three-generation family-owned business. My grandfather started the business as a job shop plating facility. So people would come to us, or to him rather, and, and he would plate parts for them. And then when my father joined the business, again, 40 years ago, he decided to be a little bit more proactive. And instead of waiting for people to come to us and play parts for them, they came out with their own product line. So they started off with bathroom accessories like towel bars, paper holders, robe hooks. And then they got into faucets. And they would literally just buy other companies' faucets in chrome, which was really all that was available at the time. And start offering it in many different finishes. And that's how we got into this business. The customer base was mostly home centers. And then the times changed. You had Home Depot and Lowe's come into the marketplace, and they kind of put all these smaller DIY guys, the Ace Hardwares of the world, you know, they put them all, not all, but many of them out of business. So that was changing in the market. Plus, you had the influx of all the Asian companies coming to the US market. So price, was definitely a major, major factor. And the business was struggling. You know, it was even on the market to be sold. And kind of long story short, I saw an opportunity. And I remembered a professor of mine saying you could compete on price, quality, and service. Pick two out of the three. And I quickly saw, you know, the products being made in Brooklyn were a union shop. We could not compete on price. But what we were doing at the same time is doing a lot of custom work. So we would work with architects and designers who would create product for specifically one project in mind, whether it was a hotel or a high-rise condominium. I mean, that was the beauty of being in Brooklyn was that while New York was booming, we were very close to that action. And we saw that there was a real opportunity. When you get into custom, automatically people assume that they're willing to pay more money for custom doesn't necessarily mean it's even going to cost more, but definitely the perception is there. And I often liken to the example of if I went to buy a suit, I can go to any department store, buy a suit off the rack, take it home with me the same day, and I have a suit. But I could also go to a tailor and pick my fabric. I could get measured. I want two buttons. I want three buttons. Cuffs, no cuffs, pleats, no pleats. I mean, there's literally like hundreds of options that you can think of in designing a suit. And at the end of the day, you get a suit that's exactly tailored to your body. And that's kind of what we've tried to do with faucets. We try to offer our customers a faucet that's not off the shelf, but something that is tailored to what they need. And that's been our business. You know, Instead of mass producing overseas, we're literally making one faucet at a time with one customer in
0: mind at a time.
1: That's an incredible story.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. That's
1: just an incredible story, Avi. It's just so incredible to talk to somebody who's part of a third generation business.
0: Yeah. I mean, I imagine there's probably times where you're making this transition. You're thinking we've got to make this shift or we're not going to make it. Yeah. Am, am I right about that?
2: Absolutely. I mean, daily there are pressures facing us and they're changing all the time. I think what's Unique about us, and I'm not saying it because it's my company. I'm saying this because I've been told all time and time again by by competitors, by customers, that we're very flexible. We adapt. We see trends. We identify trends. We try to be ahead of the trend, even or or creating the trend, not just on the bandwagon and following. And I think that's really enabled us to position ourselves as a company that others look to. Again, if it's a customer, great. I'll give you a great example. We believe that split finishes is a hot new trend. Really still in its infancy, but based on designers that we speak with, based on our orders, we feel that split finishes is at the forefront of this next new trend. We even just created a configurator for our website that helps designers, architects, homeowners, use this tool so that they can build their own faucet specifically if they wanted to do it with split finishes and mix and match finishes. The good part of that is that, being that this trend is still in its infancy and we're helping to promote it and develop it, what we really want is that if a homeowner, architect, designer wants to do a split finish, they should automatically think, oh, Watermark, we know they do that, they have the tools to help us achieve that. Whereas, a lot of our competitors either can't offer that that flexibility just because of the way their manufacturing process is set up. And and they're just too big to be able to offer this level of customization. You know, the downside as well is that a lot of our competitors look to us and they're quickly following what we're doing. They're seeing what we're doing. And whereas maybe it took several years for them to copy some of the things we're doing, now they're just copying it a lot quicker. And that's a real concern. Because
1: they see that you guys know what you're doing.
2: (laughs) We have a good track record as of late.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: So that's a concern, but that's also why we get a longer lifespan out of our designs, because we really are at the infancy of these trends. Like industrial, for example, is really hot right now. We came to market with our first industrial faucet in 2004. So that's 15 years ago. So we get a great shelf life out of our collections. But when we start to see that all of our competitors are doing industrial, we know it's time to move on. We need to get recognize what the next best design trend is and get all over that. So that's what we're doing now in developing our new designs. It's not just about recognizing what the trends are, but also being able to offer something that our competition can't easily and quickly knock off
1: what i really like that you're saying avi and i just think it's worth like spending a minute talking about because this is a problem that affects a lot of manufacturers is being recognized as a commodity and just feeling like they could be traded out one for another for a competitor and we get asked that question a lot or hear that question raised in conferences and marketing environments all the time and the question is constantly like how do we you know move out of being seen as a commodity we don't want to negotiate based on price That's not where we want to hang our hat. I mean, I I could list the issues, but I think everybody knows what they are. And what you're saying is really the answer is in how you operate your business And I think a lot of times manufacturers are looking to their marketing to answer this problem. And yes, it's important how your branding represents you. Like Watermark has beautiful branding. Your social media presence is beautiful. Your website is beautiful. You're building things on your website, like the configurator, to answer people's questions and solve problems. And all of that is really important. But if it's not built into who you are as a company, and if you're not built to be agile and move the needle and be an innovator and really be that luxury brand. All of the beautiful brand like branding and design work in the world isn't going to solve that problem. And I just think that's that's really incredible that that's how you guys are operating and that it has attributed so much to your success.
2: Yeah, I agree, but I would not discount the marketing.
1: Yeah, it has to be a package deal.
2: Absolutely. In other words, you really have to differentiate your offering. And when you can differentiate yourself from the competition, I think that allows you to create that brand because you really are unique and you're setting yourselves apart from everyone else. At the same time, to your point, Beth, absolutely. You have to have the wherewithal on the manufacturing end, the flexibility to be able to achieve this differentiation. So again, just to give another example, with one of our new collections that we're coming out with this year, the Lily collection, not only is it on trend or ahead of trend with, in terms of the split finishes, but we're actually using this new manufacturing technique that took us a while to develop to, I wouldn't even say we've perfected it yet because this is still very much in its infancy and there'll be a learning curve for us on the manufacturing end. But it's a process that we know our competition can't do. Even if they wanted to, they're just too big and not flexible enough to achieve what we're trying to do. So you definitely need both the manufacturing awareness and flexibility and know how, but also the marketing and advertising and the wherewithal to understand that these are trends that the market really is looking for.
0: You know what's interesting here, Avi? is so many manufacturers try to copy the competition. And if I hear you correctly, you're basically saying your strategy is the complete opposite. Like everyone's doing this. No, 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 no. We, we can't do that. A thousand and percent. So, and like that sounds really easy, but that takes so much guts because it's, you're yeah. basically saying the entire market's going here. And our strategy is to always do the opposite of what the entire market's doing. Like the entire market is now jumping on industrial. You've owned industrial for 15 years. It'd be very easy for you to just continue to stay on that. You're like, nope, we're done with that.
2: Yeah. I mean, in all fairness, we're not giving up on industrial. We still have many collections and they still are some of our top sellers. We just are not convinced that, I mean, it's, it's a fact of life. Life is cyclical. You always have your ups and downs. The stock market is ups and downs. Nothing continues to go up forever. So you have to recognize when those dips are coming and how you can change gears and, and find out what the next real opportunity is. And again, I think with a company like ours, we're first of all aware of that. We are willing to take risks. We don't always hit home runs, but at least the industry understands we are willing to take those risks. We think outside of the box. If we could hit a home run, fantastic. And you know what, even if we don't hit Home Run, it still sends the message that Watermark is thinking outside of the box and trying to do things a little bit differently than everyone else.
0: The cool thing you're doing too is, as I made a note here as you were talking, is like you're not only leading through innovation or like leading through trends, but the speed at which you deliver that innovation is very hard to compete with. Like you're basically using the fact that you guys are so nimble to your advantage. Which I think for a lot of companies in a similar position may be difficult because you're almost overthinking, hey, what are we going to do next? What's, what's our innovation? What are we going to do? Because I don't care if you're in faucets or in roofing or in siding or some other arena. Like you've got to be innovating. But to create that demand, you've got to be willing to take risk and you've got to be able to do it quickly. Is that right?
2: Yeah, I definitely agree with that statement. You have to be willing to take risks. And yeah, you, you said it correctly and you, and you have to move quickly on it. And again, I think that's a nice thing about Watermark. You know, we have weekly engineering meetings, weekly marketing meetings. We make decisions quickly. There's no layers of management. Yeah, I got to report to this guy, and this guy's got to report to that guy, and this guy has to worry about his job. So maybe he'll play it a bit, little bit more conservatively. We go for it. I mean, maybe it's crazy, but we operate a lot out of gut feel and just trying to be in tune. You know, we we get in front of architects and designers all the time. We get in front of our dealers all the time we ask questions every meeting that i have with a showroom i always ask the question what's hot right now what are you seeing what are the trends and that's how they're on the forefront i you know i sit in a factory all day they're in front of the architects and designers and homeowners daily so who better to ask than them so it's not so much about going having these meetings and trying to sell them on what we have. It's really trying to learn what are your needs? How can we help you fill those needs? And just by that very nature, eventually, hopefully it turns into a sale.
0: That's smart. It's really smart.
1: So Avi, in the same kind of idea, I mean, it's incredible how innovative and fearless Watermark is and just the incredible success that you guys have had at it. And I like that what you're saying, like, You know, you're innovative with the notion that it can't all be a success. Not everything you do is going to be knocked out of the park, but it's all part of an important part of your positioning. Even if a competitor sees what you're doing is not the most successful move that you want them to see you as innovative and ahead of the curve. And I just really love that. Can you talk a little bit about how you balance that with being the business owner as well? That it's not, we know that you're not just like, carefree, chucking it all to the wind at all times. So what does that process or balance look like for you?
2: Well, obviously I have a responsibility to my employees and my customers in that we employ 80 people, you know, we provide healthcare and 401ks and all that. So we're not looking to go out of business and and roll the dice, just gamble it all away. A lot of decisions are calculated as well, but in terms of You know, taking those risks, it's more about we have 24 collections, 24 finishes, certainly within that mix are what I would call more staple type products. So there's some timeless designs. They've been popular 20 years ago and they're still popular today. And again, with other things that we do in terms of quality and lead times and service, and the coordination of product, we definitely have some competitive advantages on that as well. But that's not what we're going to build a brand on. That's just product that will sell day in and day out, and we're not getting rid of it. And that that's kind of our cushion, if you will. But if you look at our top sales over the last few years, our top collections, they've all been more recent introductions. So the collections we've introduced in the last you know, five years, I would say like three out of those five are probably in our top five selling collections. So we're kind of trusting ourselves a little bit more now in that we, we know what we're doing. We're, we're coming out with the right collections. We put the marketing behind it to promote it. And that's been a challenge for us as well, in the sense that there was a period of time where we were coming out with too much product. Because that very much is the culture of the company. We like to innovate. We like to push boundaries. From a marketing point of view, though, that's not so smart because you can't effectively promote too much product at the same time. You know, it would be like we introduced one collection before we could even finish talking about it. Where are we starting to talk about the next new collection? So that's been a little bit of a challenge in that we're really trying to hold ourselves back now a little and play it a little bit more. Conservatively, you know, ideally we'd like to come out with one collection a year. This year we're coming out with three. That's a problem. But at the same time, we also recognize that, that there are competitors of ours who don't come out with a collection, you know, at five years maybe. So it's a juggling act. It's coordinating the manufacturing. When will the product be ready? In, when can you time it so that you can introduce it at the right trade shows? Get it in the hands of the right customers on display get it onto the website, get into the catalog. There's always things that can and should be done to promote the collections. But at the same time, you know, to answer your question, we're not getting away from fundamentals either. Right now, we're actually trying to push boundaries on both fronts in the sense that with one of our new collections, we're offering it at a really high premium price point because of this special manufacturing technique that I referenced earlier, the Lily collection. It's, it's just different. It's, it's like nothing anyone has ever seen before. And from a manufacturing point of view, it really is complicated. So we're gonna put a premium price tag on it because it deserves it. The manufacturing process is that much longer. It's a pain in the butt. On the other hand, we're coming out with another version, the Rainy, which is a, a lot simpler version. So it's still a beautiful design, but we're actually going to try to push the boundaries on the other front as well. So we're going to offer it at a lower price point because we don't want to just pigeonhole ourselves as this premium luxury brand that's, that automatically equates to premium luxury equals expensive. That doesn't have to be the case either. So using some of our, our knowledge in manufacturing, We believe we could actually offer a similar product at a much better price point than the uh, ballpark that we're normally competing in. So we're going to try that as well and see where the market goes. You know, the the luxury plumbing space is a huge industry. We're a small player in it. You know, we compete with the big boys, the Kohlers of the world. We just want to see, can we get more share on the ultra, ultra high end? And can we get more share on the more medium price range?
0: I love that. That's awesome. Avi, it sounds like you have a pretty good pulse on what your customers are looking for. You're always trying to get their insight and opinion. So one thing we recently found out is that Kanye West and Kim Kardashian have watermark faucets through their entire house. Talk to me about your conversations with them. I'd really love to hear how how that went. (laughs) (laughs) Well... (laughs) I'm just kidding, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I mean, no, you don't need to answer kidding. that question. No but, but, no, but I would love to know like, is that a good thing for your brand? Like when that came yeah. out, cause we found that out. Is that, like, is that like a nice ego stroke or like, did you see like, man, there was a ton of demand that came because of that?
2: I, again, for the most part, you know, I sit in an office, we have a factory. I see what the product looks like on the assembly tables right before it ships out and we box it. And that's the last I ever see of it. I don't know who the end customers are we sell everything through dealers. I would say in the last five years with the popularity of social media, that's been game changing for me personally. It's a whole new level of satisfaction that I get in my job because I can see what the product looks like installed in a real beautiful bath environment. I never know who the customers are though. I mean, every now and then a dealer will mention, you know, oh, it's for this such and such celebrity. So I need it quicker. And You know, not that I really care because it's all the same to me. We only have one standard and we don't care if it's Kim Kardashian or Joe Schmo. They're going to get the same product. But certainly when we find out that our product is installed in a celebrity's house. Yeah, it it feels good. I definitely I'm definitely a rock star with my daughter right now. So
0: (laughs) (laughs) beforehand you weren't, but now you are.
2: Right. I think my daughter appreciates me a lot more now.
1: Avi, you mentioned social media being a way that you're getting to see a lot more Watermark faucets and products installations. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you think influencer marketing has maybe helped transition or helped to continue to promote Watermark as a luxury brand or where you're really seeing the best return on your investment there?
2: Yeah, again, a lot of it comes down to photography and just being able to see the product installed as opposed to just a product shot on a white silhouette or even if we get a little bit more creative with a more concrete-looking background, there's really nothing like seeing the product installed in a complete bath environment. We're new to understanding that. We've only started working with influencers in the last year but we certainly recognize the power that those photographs have. I mean, certainly influencers have followers, so that's just getting those photographs in the hands or in the eyes of more people. But I can't tell you, when we launch a new collection, if we show a faucet in, let's say, a pewter finish, by far, we sell that faucet the most in a pewter finish. If we show it in a certain configuration with a lever handle, by far, generally speaking, we'll sell that faucet in that same configuration with the lever handle. So people are visual. I know I am. We, if we see something, we can understand it. We say we like it. We don't like it. Make a decision based on that. So anything that can be done via influencers, social media, the website, just to get good quality photographs of or installation shots is certainly worth its weight in gold.
1: That's really insightful. Yeah.
0: I just think it's a really cool story, man. I mean, I'm sure you feel pretty proud, but it's cool to see somebody who's not only put their stake in the ground and said, let's make this transition, but you've walked it out in a way that very few companies have been successful. And a lot of companies would love to be in that position. Not that you've arrived. I think that's part of your DNA is that you're always trying to innovate, but it's, it's pretty cool to see what you've been able to accomplish you know, and stick to the things that are important to you. Like you want to stay in Brooklyn, you want to be high end, but you also want to be affordable for certain situations. Like it's pretty cool what you've done. I'm sure you feel very proud.
2: I do. I do. I mean, it's always a challenge, which I think is actually a good thing. You can't get complacent because someone will eat you for lunch. We're always working hard at, at what we're doing and that keeps it interesting, keeps it fresh, but certainly, you know, those challenges and the challenges are changing all the time are helping us to be the best company that we can be. And it's rewarding when, when you can take a moment and pause and reflect back and say, oh, this is how we used to do it five years ago. And this is how we used to do it two years ago. And this is how we're doing it now. And you see that we're just getting smarter and better. It is very rewarding. You know, that the problem is you don't often have the time <laughs> to pause and, and reflect. But when you do, yes, yeah, certainly. There's little things we're doing, All the time, I mean, from changing the packaging on our boxes to make it easier for plumbers on a job site to decipher what our product is and they don't have to open up a million boxes and potentially lose parts or damage parts, little things like that go a long way. You know, we just started including a little sample of faucet wax with every faucet. So it's really just a starter. It's it's an extra cost, obviously, but it's something that shows the homeowner hey, we care about our product just as much as you care about our product. Here's a little starter. This is how we ask you to care for, maintain the faucet, where we're setting you on your way, continue to do so. If you do so, you'll have a lifetime of pleasure from this faucet, but we really want to help you enjoy your faucet as well. Little things like that to me just, it gives me a sense of satisfaction.
1: Those little things matter. That's what makes the difference. That's part of what's setting you apart as a luxury brand. That's something that a commodity would never do, would never think to. Here's how you maintain your faucet. Here's how you make your faucet look really beautiful.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, you don't replace a faucet or go and buy a faucet every day, nor would you do it even every year. And studies show that people are growing in place, right? They're not buying homes as often as they used to. But certainly... Again, not that I'm so close to the homeowner, the architect designer, because again, I'm more behind the scenes, but every now and then when an email comes through from a homeowner or designer, you know, Hey, we used your product on this project and we loved it so much. You know, we want to now use it on this other project. To me, that's like, that's the best. That's the
0: win. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, to Avi, to wrap us up, if... If I'm a manufacturer, I'm listening to this episode, what advice would you give me if I'm saying, man, I've got to make this move in some way away from being a commodity to not just being luxury? Because like, not everyone can be in the faucet space, but everybody can move from being a commodity to somehow transitioning the brand. Like, Can you give any kind of practical recommendations to wrap up the episode?
2: I think you just have to differentiate yourself in One or many aspects, whether it's a a new design that you come out with that no one else has, or it's a manufacturing process or an innovation that you can do that no one else can do. You just really have to do a little soul searching, figure out what your core competencies are, what your competitive advantages are, and capitalize on that.
0: That's great. Well, awesome. Avi, thank you so much again for coming on the show. This has been tremendous. And if you're out there looking for a new faucet, We highly recommend you check out Watermark, right?
2: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Please do. Thank you.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks again. And if you want more great content like this, go to Venvio.com slash podcast. Until next time, I'm Zach Williams alongside Beth Popniklov. Thanks, everybody.
1: You've been listening to Smarter Building Materials Marketing with Zach Williams and Beth Popnikolas. To get the resources mentioned in this podcast, visit benvio.com forward slash podcast.
0: Thank you for listening.